dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Today, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, we celebrate the Lord's Day and we reflect now together on this Holy Gospel, which is, as always, very relevant for today, for living out our faith today. Let's look, first of all, at some details which may appear such, but in fact are very meaningful details explaining what Jesus does in his teaching. First, there is a multitude of people pressing upon our Lord to hear his teaching. They are hungry. They want to listen to him, to listen to his divine word. In order to make everyone listen and understand, our Lord just asked one of the fishermen to use his boat. He went into one of the ships that, this is significant, was Simon's. He chose Simon's ship. Why? Well, as you know, the ship, the boat, is a Christian symbol, symbolizing the church. Jesus chose Peter's boat because Peter has been appointed by our Lord to be the one upon whom the church is built, upon his rock. And the rock is Peter himself. Jesus could choose another ship. No. Jesus appointed Peter. You are Peter. And you remember why Jesus said, you are Peter. This is also in preparation for this uh, upcoming solemnity. Because Peter had said beforehand, uh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter professed the faith of the church. And because of that clear profession, of faith, our Lord replied, and you are the rock. Let's reflect a little bit more on this meaning of the rock. What does the rock mean? Who is the rock? Of course, Peter is the rock. But Peter, as a human person, Peter with his ideas, his opinions, his politics? No. Peter, as the one who professes the faith in Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, the very rock of the church's foundation is not the person, the private person of Peter, but rather his faith, his authentic faith in Jesus Christ. His faith, we should add, insofar as professed by him, by Peter. There is this double aspect to consider. Not only the invisible one, only the faith. Otherwise we become all Lutherans. The church is invisible. There is no structure, no hierarchy. No. The faith of Peter, insofar as professed by him, 
by the person of the Pope. But you understand, the faith professed has a precedence over the private person of Peter. And this is the origin of the Church. This is the origin of the Petrine ministry. The faith precedes the Pope. And uh, it is the faith establishing on a firm rock, which ultimately is Christ himself, the Church, his Church. Jesus teaches, and by choosing Peter's boat, he is already foretelling the Petrine ministry, the importance of the Church, the importance of teaching from within the Church, and that the teaching may always come from the authentic source of teaching, Peter. Peter, who professes Christ, the living Lord, the true Messiah. This is important when we uh, are called to face a drama, so to speak. The drama that it seems sometimes that uh, opinions, ideas, personal ideas are now uh, taught and uh, highlighted in the Church rather than the authentic Catholic magisterium of the Church. Well, in this case, we have always to keep our faith in the ministry of Peter, who is the one who professes his faith. What about if Peter doesn't profess his faith in Christ? Is he able to confirm his brethren? Evidently not. In order to be able to confirm one's brethren, Peter needs to profess the faith, to receive the faith. The faith is greater than the Pope. The Church is greater than the Pope. So, it is not that the Church and the faith depend on the Pope, or we should say on a synod. Nowadays, it is the other way around. It is the synod, it is the Pope, it is that bishop, it is that priest who depends on the church, on the faith, on Christ. Christ is the reason why we have the church. And he is the one to be obeyed in order to still have his church. There is also another important aspect here in this insightful holy gospel. Jesus started to preach, and his teaching was clear, wasn't it? Jesus did not call for a synod to discuss together. People, what do you think? Is this okay? Should I say that? Or you prefer something else? Are you comfortable with this doctrine, or should I change my teaching to please you, to please the flesh, to please the world? Well, Jesus is not uh, teaching in a synodal manner. 
I think what we read from the gospel is very clear. Jesus is teaching from the boat, from the church, clearly. And people are understanding. People were receiving his teaching. And only after uh, this clear teaching, our Lord gave to Simon again a command. Again to Simon. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out into the deep. This is the command to evangelize, to go out, yes. To reach out to all people of good will. But this command comes only after having preached, taught the truth. Clearly taught the truth. If we want to uh, say something in relation to our present time, we should also put it this way. The doctrine of Christ is the very foundation for his pastoral care for the evangelization. The evangelization, the outreach, is necessary, but it comes only after having taught the truth, the doctrine. The pastoral care of the church depends on the clarity of the doctrine and not, again, the other way around. If the doctrine is not clear, if the commandments are no longer taught, as they are, but they are changed, though pastorally finding a way around it, well, the outreach is casting the nets, but catching nothing. The nets are empty. Unfortunately, my dear brothers and sisters, our parishes are Empty. Where are the people? It is not about strategies to evangelize. It is also, yes, about finding the right way forward. But if the doctrine is wobbling, if those who have to teach the faith are not doing so, they can cast so many nets, but they are empty. They don't catch fishes. The evangelization depends on the clarity of our teaching. We should also put it this way. The evangelization now, in this moment, in this culture, in this difficult age, depends on the clarity and on the continuity of the same gospel, today and yesterday. The temptation in our days is to change the demand of the gospel in light of the culture which is different. We adapt the gospel to the culture rather than adapting the culture to the gospel. It is like saying, that there is Peter and then Christ. There is Peter and then the church. No. There is the church and then Peter. There is the gospel and then this present age.
The priority is of Christ. Again. And there is finally a very important element, another detail, which, as you understand, are not, uh, is not a detail. After seeing such a great miracle, that huge catch of fish, Simon Peter could only do one thing, to fall on his knees and to adore the Lord. Lord, he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. This is the faith of Peter, which now becomes adoration, which becomes liturgy. There is a liturgical element, which is the completion of our belief. The faith, the doctrine, is not a nice book written to be left in a library on a shelf, dusty shelf. It is our prayer, it is our life. It is a liturgy that doctrine becomes living prayer. Lex credendi, lex orandi. The faith becomes prayer. The liturgy is the expression of that faith. The liturgy depends on the faith and not the other way around. We want to adapt the liturgy to the people by forgetting the priority of the faith and the results are before our eyes. We need to imitate Peter in the Gospel, to believe in Christ, to listen to him, to obey his word and to finally adore him. This is the pathway Believing, teaching, adoring Christ. We pray to our blessed Mother Mary, the mother of the church, to be able to uh, become more and more disciples of Christ, who depend on him, who manifest his presence in the church. We want to be disciples who go to all nations, bring all people to Christ after having family believed in his infallible doctrine with the uninterrupted tradition of the church. And we pray, finally, for this upcoming synod so that our mother church can remain what she is without trying to change her by a synodal path, which is uh, looking at a contingency of life, this present time, by forgetting the priority of Christ, the centrality of God. Let's also pray for this synod. And I think the best prayer is what Cardinal Burke recently said, to pray that the synod may not take place. Let's do that prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.